bandwidth for the Weird Things podcast provided by Wired Tree. For sites of any size and world-class customer service, head on over to wiredtree.com. Hello and welcome to the Weird Things Podcast. I'm Adrian Mead, joined by Brian Brushwood. Hello! Justin Robert Young. What up? And the friend of the Torchies guy, Mr. Bryce Castillo. I met the Torchies guy once. Yeah. We can get weirder than this. Salutations, everybody. Yes. Cheers. Cheers. Gentlemen. I want to talk about this would be it'll be a pick, but I want to open up this because I think if you have anything, if you have any interest in SpaceX and Starship or anything like this, I cannot recommend this enough. Uh, Everyday Astronaut. Uh, He's the guy that does a lot of cool coverage of space stuff. He's been doing this for several years, does deep dives into all sorts of things about rocket engines and stuff. Um, He's had a pretty good rapport back and forth with Elon Musk. It's Tim Dodd I'm talking about, the everyday astronaut. And Elon gave him a behind-the-scenes tour of the SpaceX facility and where they're building Starship. And it's in three parts. The first two are each an hour long, and the second part's half an hour. And it's just Elon walking around the facility, explaining things, talking about production, talking about rocket engines. If you're into that kind of thing, it's amazing. If you're not, just fast forward. So this, it, it, so it, this is literally just a guided tour through the Starship facility with the guy asking questions to Elon, and uh, uh, I guess we're seeing some on-screen graphics to kind of illustrate what this uh, uh, what what this looks like. But that's that's amazing access. That's insane access. Uh, incredible. Yeah, exactly. And Elon, not, and Tim doesn't even have to ask that many questions because Elon, Elon wants to share. Elon yeah. wants to explain things. And you go through these humongous, like, you know, they, oh, they're building a tent and these are these prefab humongous structures and stuff. And parts of spaceships all around there, and it's insane. And they talk about the construction process, the iteration through all this sort of stuff, really, really specifics about, you know, rocket engines and uh, ISP, all these other sorts of things about this, you know, the how they're iterate on this. And it's just, you sort of, you go, cool, it feels like an industrial tour. They're like, like those are all parts of rockets it's like that scene from the jj abrams star trek movie where you see the you know starship enterprise being built yeah it's pretty awesome so again if you're a space nerd really 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 recommend this elon goes into also he talks about his five pieces of advice about manufacturing or building things and he's very he'll say this the guy is an eccentric to be sure but when you listen to him, you know, he points out, he goes, well, I did this wrong. I did this wrong. I thought this was important. I realized I completely screwed this up. He talks about like the Model 3 manufacturing. He has these five points that he makes, which uh, about, you know, simplify, then you delete, then you optimize, then you accelerate, then you automate. And he's like, yeah, the Model 3, I did them all in reverse. And that was a problem. And, you know, I forget my own rules and stuff. And so just, just really, really highly recommend checking this out. Um, uh, I, if you have to see the Jeff Bezos tour, I, I I will say that's that is something that is amazing about new media that you know in in a bygone era that would be I mean what a a a sixty minutes piece that'd probably be boiled down to like you know maybe <laughs> like ten like, minutes or whatever if, if, if with seventy five lawyers clearing everything between point A and point Z yeah I mean and and let's say that Elon is totally open and he's waving everything and he's just like nope just shoot and edit it and everything but it's like so much would we get left on the cutting room floor you'd we'd probably be intercut with another interview with Elon and in which you know something else might. Uh, take the conversation somewhere else, but uh, there's such a tremendous worth to literally just watching. You know, him him walking through there is content is is great, super rare content, and it's just it, it never ceases to amaze me the kind of whenever new media sort of pioneers or or does something that like just seems obvious, which is hey, why don't we just follow Elon Musk around talking about this like you know generationally defining uh, a space vehicle. Is it worth, and maybe this is more of an after things topic, but it's like, as a heuristic, 
it seems like a pretty good idea to just have no filter. Because on the one hand, you're going to say a lot of things that'll get you into trouble, but you will never, ever have to remember what you said before, because you will always just say whatever's on your mind at any given time. Uh, uh, Justin and I over lunch were talking about political figures and their machinations and keeping their stories straight and all that stuff. Like, you just don't have to do that if you just run your mouth off, which, again, not to make it political again, but I think that's 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 what Donald Trump did and, and what got him into trouble, uh, but also, also got him a pass on so many things. Yeah, I mean, I, I think in, in general, uh, and to kind of go wider than, than politics, and, you know, having a free tongue is, uh, I think, certainly more interesting. Uh, I think where uh, even people like Elon have gotten themselves in trouble is, is when that crosses over into degrading the institution that they're representing. As much as we, you, you know, if, if you are a fan of Twitter content, then you enjoy when Elon Musk weighs in on, on the, the issues of the day. Uh, or as, as a fan of wacky things happening, you think it's uh, hilarious when he takes a half uh, a puff of a, uh, of, of a blunt on Joe Rogan. Uh, Andrew, as a, as a, uh, a Tesla stockholder, uh, uh, after, <laughs> after it dipped in the moment, not a particular fan could could have could have done with that rest of that Joe Rogan thing and maybe not the puff of the blunt. I I hear you. I would say to Brian's point, I think there's a difference between there's being saying things what you think, and then there's obviously realizing when not to say anything. That and I'd say that like obviously you can say like with with yeah, Elon's fairly very 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 open about stuff, and sometimes like you know sometimes we don't need to have opinions on everything. You know, not speaking him, but like I know myself because sometimes I have to I'm trying to learn to be more, eh, whatever. But like I do agree to the point though that like uh, it, it's there's the caricature of who he is, and then if you just see what he's swear like you know the arrogant billionaire, I'm like you know I listened in one hour you know, him spend a considerable amount of time talking about billion dollar decisions he made that went the wrong way. That said, no, this is the wrong way to do it about stuff. And that was what impressed me was the fact that like that transparency, that openness and not, not let me not shy away from my mistakes publicly and private. And there's of course, sometimes times when you sort of maybe don't show that, but like, I think there's a tremendous value to it because you kind of feel like what he will tell you privately is what he'll tell you publicly. Yeah. Uh, uh, but in general, I, I do think Brian, what, what you're saying is the trend that the, the, the trend is less rewarding to the, the ultra careful managed persona and toward the consistently so, engaging, uh, uh, free willing persona oh, oh, away from, and the, I would, I would the, address the, to, like curate, curated projection sure, as opposed to the authentic yeah. source material. And I would even say things like in a chat, people point out when he made the funding secured point and like that when he said, oh, is he is misleading? He and this was testimony. This was disputed. He'd walked out of a meeting with one of these, you know, one of these big, huge foundational fund, one of these dynastic foundational funds that had said, yeah, we'd be interested in taking you private, whatever. And you he thought that was the deal. He thought that was real. Was did that meet the SEC threshold or whatever like that? Maybe not. But that wasn't a case of where he just made something up. He'd had a meeting like there is these there are incredible amounts of capital that are in these different you know places. And it would have been a great deal for them had they done that, you know, um, you know, but the point was, is he was speaking sincerely like, oh, yeah, I think they're sincerely we could do this. And so, you know, of course, you know, when you're dealing with you know billion dollars and billions and billions and the fates, you know, fortune, fates and fortunes of many. And you have stakeholders, and that is the issue. It's how does it affect your stakeholders? Exactly, it's the institution, and that that really is where I think the modern the modern line is being drawn. Is like, uh, okay, keep it interesting, keep it exciting. Uh, 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 the more open you are, the more people will, will reward you at the very least with attention. You know, uh, we'll, we'll, you can figure out later whether or not it's positive or negative. Uh, but at the end of the day, that that is where it crosses the line. Is like, like, are, are the people that are counting on you? less than because you needed to do the thing or say the thing, you know, that, that made it, uh, you know, are, are you adding or subtracting? And oftentimes, like you pointed out, you really don't know until after that thing has been said or done. I mean, that's, that's one of those things where um, if you're willing to own 
your own failures. If you're willing to say out loud, I apologize, that came out wrong, or I was misinformed at the time, or that's what I thought back then or whatever, there is extraordinary power in just one simple tit for tat algorithm of a question comes in, what does brain say? Brain says this. Yeah. Uh, and maybe, maybe brain says too much for right then. Maybe brain says wrong thing for right then, but, but at least you always get to lean back on, uh, uh Hey man, I, I sent the question to the guy upstairs and the guy upstairs from the hip, AKA my brain came yeah. back with this. Bad. Uh, speaking of which, I, th I think you were out of town last week, Justin. Did 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 we talk about how how close we are to to actually seeing uh, uh, the BFR in full state taking off? Uh, uh, because it's a big it's a big boat. We did talk about how very big the ship was. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we uh, did uh, not uh, have a date at that time. Had, yeah, yeah. Did you get a chance to? I'm sure you saw that, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, the fully that's, assembled that's a big, book. That's a big, there. big sum. They yeah, may do that bitch. again today or tomorrow. That was the uh, the talk about trying to put the assembly together. Damn. Uh, and the vid the video they get into, he says that the biggest problem, the most complex part, is isn't the boosters, it's the ground support equipment because we've talked about we've we talked about uh, Mechazilla. So here's the plan. Plan is you put the starship in the booster on the launch mount. Okay. They launch, Starship goes up, booster goes up, then the booster comes back down and gets caught, <laughs> same as Starship, gets caught by these big mechanical oh arms, my God. which will then what? position him back in there. Mega hugger. <laughs> yeah, wow. it, it yeah. is a hug. Yeah, it's a hug. It's a friend. It's, it's a shaped like a friend. Wow. <laughs> and so it's so good. <laughs> instead of a, a secure descent to like a barge I, or the actual pad, it catches it. In air, oh my God! Now, wouldn't that now? <clears throat> I know that mm, some of the landings have not been, let's say, um, gentle, explosion-free. <laughs> um, I guess they must understand the danger of that in proximity to the booster that it's like live placing. Well, it uh, no, well, I would imagine number one that the booster is empty, right? That there's not fuel in it. Uh, although when, it, when it's coming back, special down. Yeah. circumstances, right? Oh, okay. There's still going to be some fuel, and they're always going to have residual. It's not. Remember, we watched the things explode, and it wasn't like, "Oh my God, we didn't think it was going to explode." It was like, "All right, add that to the list of things that can explode." Yeah, and then mm. now we'll know. And that was the whole purpose. Why we watched them blow up was that he talks about the difference between when they're building the dragon capsule. He says we can't have failures. He says the way we test that is completely different, way more time consuming. Whatever to test that because you can have zero failures. He says with Starship without people on them early stages, he says failures are fine because that's how we like. But he's like, every time it blew up, it wasn't on my list of things that could have happened. We're like, OK, this is an issue. So not there are two different procedures. Not yeah. only that, but worth remembering that at this point, uh, finally, they're they're gambling with house money like like they're already ahead with with how many times they've been able to reuse first first stage boosters and all that. Yeah, I don't like I'm, you know, we can see the chat room getting some skepticism about the catch. I am too. I was skeptical about landing boosters. I was skeptical about Falcon Heavy. I was skeptical about Starship. And so who who gets to be the authority here on what they're gonna be able to do in on physics? You know, we'll see. Like I'm like, honestly, they pull like it, I agree, it looks like a complex thing. Like, will they do it? But so was landing boosters. So. Yeah. Although to Bryce's point, I can definitely see a, a question of since you're bringing it to a more permanent structure, like if it explodes somewhere around there, like is there just a higher risk more than than just the you know the the the, the booster itself well, exploding? But I mean, I guess at that I mean, point, when, I mean, when you're talking I mean, again, about this it's, level it's, of it's, stuff, it's then, house money. Where it's like, like, yeah, like, like we've saved so much by reusing so many first stage engines that we could many, buy build twelve. Yeah. Things. How, how many times? Yeah, because he's building. That's the thing too. Is it the the number of iterations and tests that'll happen without people on it is immense, and that that's like he. In the talk, in the video, he goes into the whole thing of like, you know, designing one or two is e building one or two is easy. Building a, a manufacturing process and the cost per engine that they're reducing it to is insane. Like we're paying something like $180 million per like engine that's a go on the SLS. And granted, those are big ass thrusters, but like the cost he's talking is like 
$200,000 or something extremely low. The fact, the order of magnitude that he's trying to produce, because he wants to produce them in mass. They walk into a tent and there's 12 of these engines there. And like, yeah, these are the version ones. We've got the version two coming out soon. That's more streamlined. And like, he's like a year old. It's just yeah. a year old. And already like, but he is, this is a guy that's, you know, there are three quarters of a million Tesla cars on the road. And this is a guy that learned hard lessons about this. And now he's applying it to rocket engines because this scale is, it's not like, I'm going to build one Starship and it'll be cool. Yeah. It's like, uh, the other thing to think about too is, do you know how many times the space shuttle uh, went into orbit with uh, uncrewed so we could test it? Correct. Zero. Zero. Never. Always tested with people on board because you couldn't test it any other way. And out of like 138 launches, we had two were fatal. Yeah. So better, better we're blowing these things up in South Texas than uh, you yep. know when when something else is going to. Or, or or at least you know not to put a value judgment on uh, it, it, uh, certainly less risky is blowing up. You know, it, it's just money. All that's happening is money is blowing up. Private money and it, it, private money that that not only that is uh, again house money because these are profits yeah. that have already made on previous crazy bets that have already paid off uh yeah uh, look at starlink and the the have you seen the download speeds right now and where yeah, that's pretty headed? pretty dank how many uh how many yeah. units are up there in starlink now are we in, into the know. thousands at this point i think so Let's I mean, because we're talking about in, in previous iterations, satellite internet, like you were lucky to get like a heartbeat, right? It was yeah. like, like, like one 56 K or whatever. Yeah. 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 Like, you, like the, you guys want to play a game? I've got a Motley Fool article here from uh, three days ago. Oh, that's great. Okay, good. Okay. How fast so, so, is Starlink? Yeah. The, the answer, answer will shock you. you. Okay, okay. So here we go. Uh, we'll, we'll all take our guesses. And then based on that, we'll, we will admit factually whether or not we are shocked. Okay, also up and uh, down. Uh, up uh, and uh, down. Also, uh, uh, or I guess three numbers: up speed, down speed, and then also latency. Because um, I think I've only got download speeds. Okay. So okay. Right. Well, then, How about one number? Download, download speed. speed. Um, forty megabits. Brian says forty megabits. Megabits per second. Ninety-five. Justin says ninety-five megabits per second. Andrew. I already know this number. Oh, okay. Uh, I, uh, I. My answer is the answer will not shock him. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've had to look on the page enough times, so I think I'm I'm spoiled as well. So earlier this week, SpeedTest.net reported that the median internet download speeds on Starlink of uh, have increased by fifty percent uh, from the first quarter to ninety-seven point two megabits ah! per second. All right. That is right. slightly slower than 152 uh, megabits. You know the median right. speed for I fixed was, broad, I was broadband. shocked that everybody was fixed on this, and that this is a lie of a game, and everybody already <laughs> knew it. I didn't know. So, it. No, no, no. That's that's so amazing, though. Let, let's get into the big issue. Was is latency right? And the big deal was the problem. Like, how to be a tech investor? Study things so that when people hop on CNBC and start talking, when analysts talk about it and you realize they're idiots and they don't understand what they're talking about, because like, oh, we'll start with this. Like, well, the problem with satellite internet is the latency issues. Like, well, they're low with orbit. Well, the problem with satellites is this. So if you have like, it goes like HughesNet and Viasat, those things are out there and like, like geosynchronous, they're much farther out orbits, right? Some are like their orbital paths are like extremely out there. And 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 Late to to put it in perspective, I mean, this goes all the way back to when I was in college, and and I was one of the very first uh, uh, customers of uh, before it was even called HughesNet. I think it was called Direct PC or something. But we you know propped up on a couple of um, uh, 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 cinder blocks. We would find the signal on there, and we were able to get 1.5 megabits download, but like two seconds of lag. Gotcha. So so it was utterly unplayable for any kind of like gaming. online gaming yeah. or any of that stuff. So HughesNet, like their latency is 724 milliseconds. So almost like a second, you know, 724 milliseconds to this, okay? Which which, which in video game terms, um, if, you, if you want to be competitive in Overwatch, you should probably be around 20 milliseconds, give or take. Uh, yeah. uh, if you are on a dial-up modem, a hundred to two hundred milliseconds. Yeah, this is seven hundred milliseconds. Yeah. So, yeah. so Starlink, Starlink is getting. They think they're going to improve the latency even more as they put more satellites up. Zeta. Right now, it's forty-five milliseconds. 
That's not bad. I played yeah. I, I, uh, I play that Hearthstone for a dollar. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. that's that's for, for all but the super fast Twitch, like, FPS kind of stuff, then you're you're pretty much good to go. Yeah. Like, even for video games. Yeah. Like, if you're just, you know, getting, you know, a, a multiplayer for information for anything other you, than, like, COD I, or Overwatch or anything. To, to the best of my understanding, we're, if you're talking about, like, a web surfing experience, you're probably roughly at, like, a Holiday Inn Express give or take, uh, as far as latency, uh, 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 band bandwidth, you know, being different where it's like, you know, uh, uh you're not going to have to wait for a movie to buffer or anything, but, but if you're just jumping page to page, but to also page, like we're, we're talking about, this is like in the middle of Joshua tree. Oh yeah. 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 Like, like that's, Look, like, no, no, yeah. no, no, I, I, I don't mean to take anything no, 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 away. I know, from, I know, from but I, I just, I just want to just yeah. again, like let's, let's highlight the fact that, uh, this uh, is anywhere. Yes. Right. Yeah. And, and, and you're not like, you know, uh, it, in, in a world where now 5G has gotten so good that you're able to sort of propagate that without having like set wires and everything. Like if, if, if satellite internet is good, it's good. Yipes, stripes. That is, I mean, we've got Andrew and I have been talking about like WiMAX and, and the future of internet connectivity for forever. I mean, and like this, this is the closest that we have, that we have gotten to any kind of world where, you know, you don't have to deal with, these like weird monopolistic deals that are made between telcos and cities and, and counties uh, to get internet everywhere. Well, the, the, the challenge is going to be, I don't know if there really is a path forward to do like, I think they think their max amount of people they'd be able to handle the United States to be 30 million. Mm. Um, just because it's just their you know, their goal. And, and I read a really interesting article too, that talked about like, there is this like every 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 bill you pay for internet service. There's a tax. There's like a fee that goes on there to provide internet for like rural services and stuff. And this is now in the billions of dollars that's there. Yeah. And that part of the play that's, that SpaceX may be doing a Starlink is that they're they've already bid on providing internet service to a number of these communities that don't have it. And that's when there's a trade off. People point out like you know these all these satellites up there. It, it make it's it can be bad for certain astronomical observations. That is true. But there's also like children out there in Indian reservations and places that don't have access to internet because it's too costly and they can't bring it out there that all of a sudden are getting really cool video conferencing, et cetera, like this. And so it's like there is there's, there's a, there a is a yeah. And and, and so wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. I have a very important question to ask that might involve me just trying to sign up for Starlink in the next five seconds. If there's only thirty million people that are gonna be able to use it, should I get an account like now? Yeah, I would. Okay. I mean, uh, well, I, I, I don't know. How much time do you plan to spend outside of a 5G network? How much would I be a pouting-ass sad boy if I wanted to spend a bunch of time outside of a network and I didn't have Starlink? Yeah, but you won't want to. Also, that, that trade-off of, of, let's say the visual noise is, is 100 times worse than we'd imagine. Just you look up at the sky and it's nothing but looks like highway lights going to and fro or whatever. Uh, the trade-off is the entire planet now has access to the greatest space telescope ever created, you know, and it's like uh, all of us could be astronomers now, whether or not we have a piece of, you know, glass in our Damn. backyard or whatever. By the way, Starlink, I literally just entered my home address and it just is a page with a big Apple pay button, like right there. So slick. <laughs> okay. Just saying. I appreciate I appreciate easy ways for me to get things I want. I won't buy it. Right you know, now. it's easy, and you can get what you want. Yeah, is hey. if you consider supporting weird things. Patreon.com/slash weird things is where you go if you want to make sure that I can uh, buy my unnecessary Starlink. Uh, uh, I won't be able to do it unless you pay us money directly at Patreon.com/slash weird things. Make sure that we keep coming in here each and every week, except for last week when I wasn't here. But uh, except for we still showed up, didn't we? You guys did. Yeah. You know what? And that's that's what matters because everybody is committed to bringing you this show each and every week. Also, uh, patrons get the after show after things uh, before anybody else. So head on over there right now. Patreon.com slash weird things. Yep. Andrew, before we go any further, uh, 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 were, were we going to do a Nelson laugh at Boeing? Can we do a Nelson laugh at Boeing? I you can. I I just feel sad. Boeing, I, I, uh, go ahead, tell them. I mean, our, our our official position is that we don't like laughing at anyone's failures when it comes to trying to make it in space. Uh, however, and our tax dollars. Having said that, um, 
if we did have an acerbic part of our brain, it might right about now. Ryan, you could just. <laughs> Boeing is grounding Starliner indefinitely until they figure out a valve issue. Uh, uh, Andrew, can you put into context what Starliner was supposed to be for Boeing? So NASA, uh, NASA, when they wanted to bring back, you know, right now, NASA, since the retirement of the space shuttle, we had been dependent upon the Russians to deliver astronauts to the International Space Station, which it was helpful in the interim, and it's nice to have access that way, but you're really not the optimum way to get your astronauts up there. You want to have multiple ways, not just a shuttle or Soyuz, whatever. So NASA had created this, said, okay, this was a really brilliant plan. Uh, both uh, Bush and Obama era was the idea of, let's have NASA, instead of saying, just specifying what vehicle it has to be and designing the rocket, doing anything else like they are doing at the SLS, just say, we will pay you a price to deliver astronauts to the space station. We don't care how you do it. Well, within these parameters, you know, basically, no, don't put them in a cannon and launch them at it. Okay, there are the parameters to do this. Boeing had campaigned heavily that it should only be one company. They should they should fund only a single company, i.e., Boeing. Boeing had campaigned, had lobbied. You can go back and do a Google News search for this, and you'll even see senators saying, "Oh, it's a horrible idea to go on untrusted. We should just go with the the best contractor." Uh huh. Boeing, etc. Okay. So that's part, it's hard to feel too bad when they had campaigned so heavily in trash talk SpaceX about when NASA said, no, we're going to go for multiple bids. And they had multiple bidders in there. There were you know, SpaceX, there were other companies that went in to go bid it. Boeing and SpaceX both won contracts to send astronauts to the space station. They have to do qualifying missions to do this first. SpaceX built Crew Dragon. Boeing built Starliner, which is going, which, you know, goes atop like an Atlas rocket. And there was this debate, who is going to be first? Who is going to be the first to send astronauts? Because a big deal was the bringing back this flag that we took in from the space station when we had the last shuttle mission there, and then like to return the flag was going to be this big thing. And I remember, you know, three, four years ago, like, will Boeing do it first or will SpaceX? And, you know, Boeing's dependable and has been doing this for years. As you all know, SpaceX has been going to the International Space Station since last year. Boeing had to do a qualifying mission, an unmanned qualifying mission with Starliner, which was going to do an intercept and a dock with the space station. They went to go do this last year, well after SpaceX had already been putting people, on, you know, had, had passed its qualifying. Boeing Starliner goes up. They had a mechanical malfunction, and it wasn't behaving the way it was supposed to do, and they had to bring it back down, which was a big error. Boeing was like, oh, well, you know, we think we know what the error is. We think we're good. Let's go ahead and move to the part where we put astronauts up there Whoa. and go to the International Space Station. And NASA's like, that's a horrible idea. Yeah. And we we give you a lot of credit for, you know, we'll go, we go a long ways. But no, you got to do this qualifying mission again before we put astronauts on there. So this last past week ago was going to be the qualifying where they're actually going to try to orbit and go to the ISS. Well... It never left the launch pad. They had to add a little delay because of the whole NACA debacle, which we'll get into in a second because an update on that. And so they had a, you know, a little delay, and then they were doing some sort of checks. And like, huh, we're having some sort of – we're getting some mechanical error. And like, what do we have to do? Like, well, maybe we have to pull it back into the assembly – the you know, vehicle assembly building. They pull in the vehicle assembly building to check it. They're like, no, we got to take this off the rocket. This is – we've got 12 valves, and some of them are still stuck, and we don't know why they're stuck. And now they're like, we've got to bring this thing back into the factory. And wow. now they're saying, we don't know when. We're like, well, oh, it'd be, they're like, we'll be, it'd be fantastic if we launched this year, which means they ain't launching this year. Wow. I joked that Starliner was going to have its first successful orbital mission before. I mean, I joked that Starship would have a yes. first successful orbital mission than Starliner. Now it looks like that might actually be a real thing. Hey, uh, do you guys remember that last scene from Unbreakable when uh, 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 Samuel L. Jackson says, now that I know who you are, I know who I am? Yeah. Uh, new sentence. You ever, you ever been to a Harlem Globetrotters show? Uh, <laughs> a show? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they. Yeah. I mean, they played the someone. The Washington Generals? The Generals. Oh, that's right. I, yeah. I, I wonder what... Uh, I'm glad that the generals keep showing up for those shows. <laughs> Cause otherwise I wouldn't know what I was watching. Yeah. Okay. 
in meantime, uh, totally unrelated, uh, but uh, Blue Origin is filed lawsuit a lawsuit to, against NASA today because of the. HLS, oh, because the, the the lunar system because it sounds, because, because, because the their game. name sounds too much like nassholes and that's <laughs> and they want to be the assholes of space. So wow, that was okay. The, so that this was... is yeah, this is a big a big a big contract dispute that uh, uh, a Blue Origin had teamed with another company and and SpaceX got it. It, it went back under review, right? And then SpaceX got it again, and now now Blue Origin suing. So there was this contract to return American return Americans to the, the moon. And again, NASA said, let's do the thing we did with the crew, the, the whole crew thing. Cause the like, now was like, this worked out really great with one company. Yeah. Uh, let's go do this again. We'll ask a bunch of companies and they were, they'd said in the contract, depending upon funding, we might fund multiple companies. So there were three funds that came, three plans came in. One was SpaceX. Then there was blue origin. They did their evaluations of it. And, if you didn't even look at the price, SpaceX had the best evaluation. Yeah. You know, because they've been working with NASA's like their relationship with NASA has grown considerably. You know, there have been SpaceX is open about how much they've learned from NASA. NASA's learned to sort of adopt to sort of like kind of SpaceX's way of doing things and sees as there's some efficiencies there. There are people that work back and forth between there. It's really, really evolved. As since we've been doing this podcast, watching the evolution, that's been great. Blue Origin had teamed with like Northrop Grumman and some other company. I think like like Lockheed, several companies to build. They were calling it the national team. They called themselves the national team, and they had their plan to do it, which looked like a little janky to me. What they're doing, like they had this lander, and there are these like these davits, like my dad uses for his you know his bass boat, you know, to to lower equipment down there, whatever. But that wasn't the problem. So like NASA said, we we don't think this think proposal is going to work as the way it is it seems like it's not the right proposals they rejected they they rejected blue origins they rejected the dynex one they accepted spacex and they only had money they didn't even have money to fund the other ones you know that yeah. was part of the problem too and they also they went to spacex like can we like do a deferred payment or something too with you and they're like yes so blue origin lost it they're like no it's not fair first thing they did is they protested nasa nasa said Nope, this is consistent. This is what we have. This is why we came to this evaluations. We stand by this. Then they approached, they went to the government accounting office, which is who oversees things in government. If you say, hey, this is not handled right, this is unfair, like contracting, whatever, it's their job to say, yeah, no, this is the way it's supposed to be. The GAO looked at it and said, nope, this looks consistent to us. We think NASA handled this right. Everything said, there's there's no reason for protest, whatever. So of course, Blue Origin's like, all right, guys, let's back to the drawing board. Let's just build some stuff. Nope. They said, let's sue NASA. We're suing NASA. I mean, and while we're on the topic of legal actions, uh, I'm I'm seeing here more bad news for Boeing. Uh, Apparently being sued by uh, Rudy Rudiger for uh, gimmick infringement, saying, (laughs) like, like, we're supposed to be the last place, kids. (laughs) It's a sports movie. Okay. The last place, kids? Yeah. Oh. No. I've never seen it. Rudy. Oh. The the sh- the movie Rudy, right? Movie Rudy. That guy, Rudy Rudiger. Yeah, but he eventually got on the field. Uh, yeah, yeah. They shouted Rudy. Was like, right. Rudy. But 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 meanwhile, he was last place the entire time. He was okay. And he's, All right. Well, he's, so there's hope. Feeling like Brian he's feeling says there's hope for there's Blue hope Origin. For there's, Blue hope. Blue Origin. there's hope. There's hope for Blue Origin. <laughs> it's like, were uh, you literally just looking up his last name? Yes, I was. <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, in fact, I would love to believe. I want to see the movie of this where it's just like, okay, here's what we do: we take your ship, ULA, and we're gonna duct tape it to one Blue Origin, yeah. <laughs> one SpaceX, and we're just just for grins flying circles around it. Will be Sir Richard Branson, yeah, <laughs> and we're so gonna it. You going. went to space, Blue, and, and Blue Origin is like incredibly talented engineers yeah. and some of the hardware they built is is amazing and and what they've done it's just the time frame and the problem is now they've been doing these infographics uh they've done this infographic war which like i've got i've got a blue origin hat here like i've been rooting for these people too but you, when you see them do these infographics of like show the infographic price again uh immensely complex complex and high risk is this highlighted orange i just ordered a t-shirt that says that because I thought that was hilarious. That's yeah. what they call the SpaceX thing. And so there's some like space fan sites that started selling these t-shirts that have that, you know, that say that because 
immensely like, complex and a high risk. They put the the height of the vehicle on here as if having a smaller ship is worse. <laughs> I guess it's it's a weird argument to make. You know, why would I want this big, large one? I'm happy with this small one. Why would I want the one also, that's been tested and launched more times than not? Because um. Right, so so which is the larger one? The yeah, SpaceX sorry. Starship. Who's who's the good guy? Which one's Rudy? So yeah, the red and, and red is oh, so red red that, is SpaceX. Yeah. And so it's a larger ship. And also we're talking about just the lander, right? Like right. that that's what they were bidding on for the for the lunar mission? Just the lander. I assume so. No, and I that, mean, yeah, yeah, it's they would the land the whole starship. Yeah. Yeah. So the the idea is that that this thing would go would go into lunar orbit, and then they would use like they'd use SLS to send astronauts on Orion to intercept with the lander and then land. Which sounds and it's like SpaceX is kind of like like Elon, could you take them all away? It's like well, yeah, but it's the whole it's the name of the game. Yeah. Um. So read read the description here and tell me if this makes you think it's bad idea or good idea. All right. So lunar starship immensely complex and high risk. There's an unprecedented number of technologies, development, and operations that have never been done before for Starship to land on the moon. This includes yes. <laughs> this includes oh, developing super heavy, not only the largest launch vehicle stage ever produced, <laughs> but also yeah. one oh, yeah. that has it's to like, be it's reusable. Like, it's like it, uh, it, it, not only is it the most uh, amazing pinnacle of human engineering <laughs> achievement, but it it have but to be reusable. even cooler. Exactly. Yeah. It's got a Man. racing stripe too. The Man. waist. My ex girlfriend, such a bitch. Yeah. She <laughs> apparently is into guys who are rich and handsome and, and really, really self confident and drive cool cars. Here's some facts. Look how symmetrical the pecs are <laughs> on this on this spaceship. What a jerk. Am I right? <laughs> what naturally enchanting eyes on my ex girlfriend. New boyfriend. You know his dad only married his mom because she was hot, right? <laughs> so uh, it's that first. Oh, I'm ruined for SpaceX. This sounds really cool. Yeah. Uh, that. Yeah. That's. Anyway, the... what you really want is a very tiny wiener. <laughs> <laughs> that is. That is an immense cell phone. That is an immensely complex and high risk cell phone by Blue Origin to put that out into the world. Because cause the, the crux of the argument that they get into is, well, they've never used the site. They have to do a bunch of things flawlessly in a row. But, like, that's also, that's always been the, okay, like, the, uh, that's the part that what goes with do. it. Okay. That's with all it. All yeah. all right. uh, for everybody who doesn't have video, we're looking at the infographic that has a measuring of two penises. <laughs> One is 32 feet long. The other is 126. The bulk of the article is about how huge, complex, and high risk the big one is. And but but what you really want is safe, low risk, and fast. Mm -mm. Just get get in, get out. Just just. Hey, I went to the moon. You know how uh, so you Bryce, can do things if, if, safe if you're, if, if and low risk and fast. <laughs> Bryce, if you're still looking for a dating profile, log on. <laughs> Safe, Safe, low, low risk, risk, and, and fast. fast. <laughs> Look, read the uh, read the read the paragraph below the description for that. Sure. The <laughs> national team's architecture only requires three launches. And okay, yeah. If you're not even going to use the name of your own company, but instead call yourself the national, that's that's the proper name for it. All right, all right, yeah. All right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the national team's architecture only requires three launches and is flexible to fly on multiple existing launch vehicles with far fewer in-space rendezvous. Further, the system is entirely built on heritage systems and proven technologies that are flying today. It goes on to say it liked you even when your hair was dumb and you <laughs> were just developing. So, I, And I that last part that are flying today, remind me, what landing system is any of the partners of yeah. Blue Origin using that's able to do that, you know. Uh, it's um, called I mean, Amazon garbage, Delivery, my can. friend. I mean, New Shepard. I mean, New Shepard is a is a rocket lander system yeah. thing. So, but it's like, like they've never. <sighs> you know, I, I do wonder. I want to like I, these I, guys. I, think that that, I want to root for them. That is for the contractor audience. Right or, or or the 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 people the, the the decision makers that are this is for Senate yeah it's for the Senate yeah it's 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 to give people 
you know, talking points uh, and, and, and to, to do things that, that would scare them. But yikes, stripes, man. I, I don't know. Uh, look, uh, obviously, we, we, are, we, we, we find ourselves very often uh, kind of playing cheerleader for SpaceX. But look, when they, when they, when they, when they, when, when they march on, on Washington, their cheer is going to be safe. Low risk <laughs> and fast. What do we want it? We already got it. Safe. Low <laughs> risk and fast. Oh. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. There is. There's a lot of other players out there. If you look up, uh, take a look at. We've talked about Rocket Lab before. They've been doing. They've got really cool engine designs too, where because they were using these smaller stage ones using electrically powered turbo pumps. Relativity Space is another one. Um, they're looking at a whole pipeline of manufacturing stuff using 3D manufacturing. And this is a number of former SpaceX people are working for relativity space. There's a lot of excitement there. And if you go to, if you read the, uh, the SpaceX boards, people are very encouraging about this. They're very, the, the bad blood with Blue Origin kind of goes a little bit deep because of uh, Blue Origin had tried to basically had filed a patent for landing on a barge and like, let's you know, let threaten you to see a SpaceX. Yeah. And also on the whole suing NASA thing, <clears throat> SpaceX had filed SpaceX to get their, uh, their commercial off the cots, the commercial off the shelf program for, for sending supplies to the international space station. SpaceX had to sue in order to have that contact yeah. that, that contract opened up for other bidders. But again, the, their point was NASA didn't even open this up for bid. Yeah, I, I, I think open up for- there, there, there is something to be said about when you're dealing specifically with the government, suing is not necessarily like me suing Brian because he didn't, you know, pay me back for, for you know, torchies or whatever. Yeah, like, you know why? Because I'm safe, low risk, <laughs> and fast. Uh, like, like, that often is, like, people inside the government, like, entity will tell you, you have to sue us so these things these like gears can start turning and and things can can get moving so uh the the thing that's odd about the blue origin thing is that it comes after not one but two formal appeals uh, uh to not only nasa but also the government accounting office so that 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 is kind of what makes that interesting in a way that uh you know if if they were just suing them for a a a general bidding issue uh it would be a bit of a different story which if you take a look to a relativity space, go take a look at the rockets and you'll see you know, proof that people probably think SpaceX is on the right path is if you go look at, you scroll down and you look at the Terran R. Yeah. And that looks Grid like fins. a SpaceX rocket. Yeah. Which is great. I mean, like that, that, that's always yeah. been the, um, the, the, the hope is that whenever anything succeeds, that's, you know, carving a pathword forward, uh, a pathway forward. So you can, uh, uh replicate it like now you just know okay well this works how can we make it even better and that's that's really where progress comes from go to and now go to uh rocket labs and click on rockets click on the neutron oh look it's the same it's the same rocket <laughs> uh but that's that's amazing the more people that can be making it the, the better the better we're gonna be wow yep yeah look at that yeah and, it, and it's not like does oh, that have an apple pay button like, on it too <laughs> yeah it, it's there's only if you're trying to go for reusability and you're looking for rocket designs there's only so many designs that make sense but it is it's just <sighs> blue origin we love you this is a plea just just get it's, your just get your stuff ready to go i mean look get, uh, yeah. i don't know about you guys but when i have a budget and i have a i have a a, a, a command a, 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 a mandate to go spend this money what i want to go with first is whoever is complaining the loudest about how unfair things are. Like people who are investing all their time and energy and effort into infographics do, about do be, how. To be fair, I think if you are the national team and you have spent this much time making that much money by, by uh, government contracts, complaining for long enough, you know, depending on what seems but, to have worked. All right, on, on what the mood is in Washington, and exactly where the budgets are, and what what is left over where, and whether or not there's a big spending bill that is that is coming through. I think their goal, from how I understand the situation, is just to stay in the game long enough that eventually uh, uh, the powers that be say, "Well, we should fund two like companies." 
that that we we you know SpaceX can have their contract. <laughs> we just also want our contract. And that was, if I remember the initial dispute, that was part of it was that they they were like, well, even if you can't pay us all, we know you're NASA. Eventually, you're gonna find more money. <laughs> I I would love if like they did another second contract and Elon pulled like Nolan Bushnell did with like Kai's like video games and like, Oh, we've got a new bidder from like uh Milan Usk who <laughs> is uh they've got a reliable looking rocket system there. They, this hardware, these engines are great. It's tested. So we're awarding two contracts. Exactly. Space and just, Z. Oh, and they're right across the street. <laughs> he, he, when he was facing when Elon, Oh, excuse me. When uh, Nolan Bushnell with Atari was facing problems, some areas where they had to have, like they demanded to have like two competitors to be able to bid on stuff. This video game company called like was keys, which did like centipede and other stuff popped out of nowhere. And they were putting out really good titles. Nolan Bushnell literally took some of the best Atari engineers out of the Atari in the middle of the night, created an entirely separate video game company so he could compete from two different companies to get these contracts. And if you looked up the corporate like address, it was his next door neighbor's mailbox. <laughs> so it was just brilliant, brilliant. That's amazing. And we got awesome games. Uh, I have one one more thing I want to show you. Uh, man, I, we got we got to do this too. Russia is bl I got two things I got to show you. I apologize. Russia. Russia has said they found the problem of why there was that hole. Remember the hole they found drilled inside of the uh, inside of the space station? Yeah. The big mystery hole? Yeah. Russia says we solved the mystery. We, we figured it out. What was it? They're blaming an American astronaut. They're blaming a saying that she was having some, you know, health issues and she wanted to get off. So they think that, oh, she, she, she drilled the hole. Like it is the most crazy thing possible. <clears throat> the Russians are, because yeah, the Russians yeah. are like, Welcome to press conference. Everything makes sense very shortly. Think about woman. Eh? Woman. <laughs> uh, lunar cycle in space. Very close to the moon. Moon every 90 minutes. Yeah, go little woman. Woman like go home. Drill so hole. They, they, they have the most idiotic explanation for why this would happen. Is they say, hey, listen. If it happened on the ground... It would by space. It would have had a pressure issue, whatever. We would have known. And and while every other everybody else is like, no, we think one of your technicians drilled it on the ground and then super glued it shut. Yeah. And then that plug eventually broke and went. You know, that's where the leak happened. So the Russians were like, if it happened, if this drill happened on the ground, then there's no way this had to have happened in space. It's like, no, you're forgetting the most obvious explanation. That's so insane. So in 2018. Uh, a, a, a female astronaut had an emotional breakdown in space and then damaged the Russian Soyuz spacecraft that was docked at the station so she could return to Earth early. That is just really out of pocket. Yeah, you know, in Russia, we have saying, no fine super glue bit uh, must be woman having fit. <laughs> is old saying we have. Old Babushka. <laughs> It is between the Naka uh, debacle um, and this. Like, I don't know if this is just coverage for the fact that they just are in a very, very embarrassing state. Um, but I, there's an article that, like, I every time something was happening, I didn't want to, like, post it because I don't want to be mean because I really think there's a lot of amazing stuff that's happened, you know, the Russian Space Initiative. And yeah, I think they're really capable people. They're very underfunded. But the politics of this is just nuts. But I sent Bryce this article that I think kind of explains everything. I think we talked about this before. Um, with, with with the Russian space program? Yes, yes. We'll see if we pull this up there, because this, this traces back to the original problem. I think we mentioned this on the last one. You weren't here, Justin. Yeah, oh, the on Onion headline. This was In the meantime, we ago. go back to the live press conference with Russia. <laughs> you, you, you hear about the American space pen. <laughs> right upside down, zero G. In Russia, we use pencil. Ah. Hey, what, what do you do also when the no graphite... Women. What do you do when the graphite breaks off the edge of the pencil and it floats around and gets in your eye uh, what do you do when your mother cries about what embarrassment you are american piece that's, of garbage that's, 
that's what I always hated about that. Oh, the Russian engineers, see, they use a pencil. Like, ha ha, we saw the pencil. Like, yeah, no, we used a space pen, so the little bits of a pencil didn't break off. You need to have shavings. Also, I believe I, be, I believe the story goes that the Russians didn't even use a pencil for that exact reason. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Probably use what it would, you would have used, like a crayon. Like, that like was a, a grease thing. pen or something, yeah. yeah. And I've had people tell that story, like, this is in Judah. And I'd be like, um... You know, the problem in space is... Uh, so this is the Onion headline. Russian scientists announced six-month delay in carving new space station. <laughs> this is from 1998. Show the photo at the bottom. Just It's just it's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like an, an artisanal wood shaver who is uh, creating the new space station. Look at Found it. There's a drill. There's the drill. <laughs> yeah, we got him. Got his yeah. ass. Uh, why do we want to go to space? Bryce, show some video from Skylab. We forget Skylab kind of gets memory hold. Skylab was awesome. Skylab was this, you know, the latter, later stages of the Saturn program when we had the super heavy lift, when we could, when we had a really heavy lift thing. This is what you could do in Skylab. Wow, that's great. And so we're, we're looking we're, at the interior of the thing, which is much, much wider than this space inside of the space station or the space shuttle. You're watching people do these acrobatics and floating around inside of there. The uh, starships can have a much larger diameter. There's a crazy, I think we'll see there, we'll see the guy running. He's running. Yeah. And so he's, because, he's doing the, like, the, 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 the 2001 A Space exactly, Odyssey yeah. thing. Yeah. I believe that's, it, that's where the inspiration came from. Yeah. Uh, also, a, a, a friend of the show, Richard Garriott, his dad, I believe, was uh, served on uh, Skylab. That's awesome. Yeah, just so much interior space. I mean, again, they're using wide angle, but you look at they're able to do so much more acrobatics. The running was cool because it wasn't like in 2001 where they spun it. It's just because as you move forward, yep, you're you're basically your momentum takes you straight, but you're because of the curvature of the spacecraft. Yeah, and like I'd never seen that before. I'd never seen somebody actually running in zero g. That's awesome. Well, uh, uh, you know, maybe happy days are here again when uh, yep. when Starship goes up. Shirtless guy in their boxer shorts, drifting around in zero yep. gravity. Yeah, provided Safe. no crazy ladies with drills show up. Crazy women with the moon. Low risk and fast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. See, that's why tiny ship is better. You guys ready for picks? Yeah. <laughs> um... Uh, uh, so uh, Lower Decks is back, and it's good. It's fun. It's it's joyful. It's fast-paced. It, it Love the first season. Doesn't mess around. Uh, I, I really enjoyed episode one of season two. I thought it was quite good. I'm looking for, yeah, I really love first season. I really, I had some, it was my favorite Star Trek thing in forever. Um, I, I wasn't here last week, but I did watch uh, The Suicide Squad, and I like The Suicide Squad quite a bit. I thought it was... Uh, you know, I, I, James Gunn uh, with the the second Guardians was, I think, a little bit more uh, too much shot, reverse shot, talking in a place. A little less of what makes James Gunn, uh, I think, a really d uh, amazing dynamic director of yeah, but big that, creative. They, they, they've uh, when it comes to tossing a ball back and forth, oh man, did yeah. they deliver? I mean, look, and, and so I don't want to, I don't want to make this a a slam on Guardians <laughs> too, but I, I I do think that with Suicide Squad, it kind of gets back to what you know got James Gunn the the job for for Guardians of the Galaxy and and what made Guardians. Uh, a, a special uh, with the added thing that with the the clout he had coming out of the controversy, he obviously was just able to really push the limit on violence because this is a a fairly graphic uh, uh, movie when it comes to that. Uh, but I had a I, I had a, a I had a good time with it, and it was it was consistently a movie that was ahead of where I I expected it to be, and it was it was fun and creative and exciting. And John Cena is great. Uh, I got a pick. Uh, you know, con continuing off of last week, I, I think I I, um, I I tentatively made this my pick, and I think I I'm feeling good about it. Last week, I had started binging, catching up for the White Lotus. Ooh, that's on, on my HBO. list. I've heard it's good. I think that it's very good. Uh, the thing I was concerned about last week was I watched episode one, and and it, they they kind of set up this murder mystery. You know, somebody dies from the outset. Um, and then who is it? And and I kept watching that first episode with it with that very like Sherlock Holmes kind of of perspective of like oh he really wants this this uh, this room with all these private features. Oh does he really want to do that? Oh this family is like has 
kind of got a weird dynamic. Oh, this this one lady is, is a little off. Um, and and I think last week when I talked about this, Brian, you asked what would be the best version of the show. What would the best version of the show look like? And I think I said to to be surprised that it is a murder mystery. And I think that it is. Nice. I think that it came around to it. Like it was a. I haven't had this in a while, but like me and and some friends in on online like kind of tried to watch it together. We were all like taking bets on who the person who died is. Uh, I won, by the way. I nice. nailed it correctly. And um, and and along the way, you have I think a very interesting um, uh, satire of of people with privilege and. Um, and a an examination of of what type of problems and and conflicts that they both are involved in and generate. I I think that this is, this is kind of a special little show. It's only six episodes. They're all out now um, on HBO. But I I I think if if you want to see a lot of 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 bad kind of cartoonish characters kind of get what's theirs. Um, I think the White Lotus you, you you might be into, and this is a uh, uh, one of those great HBO shows where like every actor or every role is filled by a really good actor and often a really good character actor. Like just looking at the cast, it's like all right, there there's some there's some killers on here. Yeah, I think uh, the the most inspired um, casting uh, out of everybody is um, Molly Shannon is is in a few episodes, and uh, she's perfect. She's pitch perfect for the. Um, the the character that yeah, she is. Yeah, because it's like, what, Alexandra Daddario, Jennifer Coolidge, of course, uh, Stifler's mom, who's got it going on, uh, 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 Connie Britton from Friday Night Lights, and Steve Zahn, who has Steve been Zahn, yeah. criminally, criminally underrated his entire career. Just just an awesome actor. Yeah, so uh, I, that's The White Lotus. I, I think it kind of stuck the landing in, in a really good way. It's not a whodunit, but it's a who got got. So and is I this, think is that's this just another as, one of these things yeah. that HBO has been doing where it's like really just one season like this uh supposedly this was conceptualized because they shot it during covid so they could rent out the four seasons and shoot it gotcha. safely in hawaii that but they just uh, uh last week said hey we're going to make a season two it'll be in a different place with a different cast okay which is also so great be in its own, its own <laughs> with, the, with a new feature we like to call outdoors yes. <laughs> where other humans will be walking around but it's kind of it's kind of interesting from the dna of the show because it, it makes it so that anyone who's not on the on the resort doesn't exist you know yeah. there's a character in the first episode who you don't see anymore because she has to leave the resort for for good reason but then she never gets there's no follow-up there's not even like i wonder what happened in the, it's yeah. just yeah, this you, person doesn't you, you don't, exist you don't, you don't smash cut to Milwaukee where she's getting off the plane. Like, right. if, if she's out of the resort, if anyone's off the resort, then they're gone from this universe. And and it's 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 really interesting. It's it's also uh, created and written by Mike White. I did not yeah. know the name, but uh, oh really? Uh, yes, who I believe was known for oh he wrote School of Rock, um, but he also did Enlightened for HBO a few years back as well. Um, so. Uh, yeah, no, Mike White, great, great, great writer. He wrote uh, Orange County, which is one of which was uh, an underrated movie. Yeah. Uh, so that's my pick, The White Lotus on HBO. Andrew, the uh, the Everty Astronaut Tim Dodd, his YouTube channel, uh, those interviews with Elon Musk are phenomenal, and I think if you like them, consider supporting his Patreon. Like this is what you know, was mentioned before was pre YouTube. Yeah, you would get 60 minutes would be there for eight minutes and you would get stupid questions because the producers would be like, well, it's space stuff. People don't understand it. We got it. You'd be like, all right, that's cool. Here, just in-depth nerds nerding out over space stuff and watching, you know, two and a half hours of this is like amazing, you know. And so just more. like spot spot checking it through here, showing it on the show, like it looks very om- – it does not look very edited much at all. It seems very oh. like stream of consciousness. This was the couple of hours I spent with Elon. Yeah, it literally, there is no editing as far as I, I mean, it's just straight on through. Like, let's just go through here and follow him through as he does the tour, which I love. Smart. And like, how, how would this exist in any, in any other medium? Wouldn't. Wouldn't. They, would, they, they would edit it down. They'd tack another uh, uh, interview on top of it. And then th- all that. Then Neil deGrasse would- Tyson would show up and be all like, "Space is so big." Need Justice Bolo time. You stopped <laughs> dreaming though. I can't wait. Oh, God. <laughs> no, did did we figure out that that we're like the, like next to the ten year anniversary if we stop dreaming? <laughs> That's right. 
Oh, oh, hashtag I'm never throw, forget. I'm going to throw a dreamer party. Yeah, I, I believe that was March 2012. So I think we're, we're looking for next year. Ooh, I'm so, I'm so in for just, just, just a crow. <laughs> crow fest 2022. It takes so cold it can only <laughs> exist in space. Oh, my God. I just want nothing but this amazing montage of all the SpaceX stuff over with with ascendant music and his voice. We stopped dreaming. Yeah. <laughs> we stopped reaching for the stars. Gentlemen. Yep. It's been weird. <sighs> The Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this 